0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: Hebrews chapter number 11, let's stand together and we appreciate the good singing. I certainly owe it all to him. Well, I'd be in hell had it not been for the grace of God that came my way. And uh, not everybody is a first or a multi-generational Christian family. There's some that just got saved. What about that? For those of us that are, we didn't have to grow up in a lot of things that other families had to deal with because somewhere back in your family... God broke into your mom and dad your grandparents uh, their life and boy when he was saving them he was looking to save you and I bless the Lord for that and I'm grateful I'm grateful whether you come from a long line of a a Christian heritage or you've just walked off the sidewalk I'm glad thank God that the grace of God is, uh, is effective in every one of our lives and I'm grateful to you for it the grace of God is still the answer salvation is still the answer for the day in which we live in and I'm grateful for it Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number eight the Bible said by faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive after receive for inheritance obeyed and went out not knowing whether he went by faith he sojourned in the land of promise and As in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise for he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God there through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had a promise now Genesis and chapter number 18 and we'll look at just a couple of verses The Bible said in verse number nine, and they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the man of women, manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I'm waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child of which I am old? And then verse 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. I think I'll read that again. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. You can be seated with the Lord's help uh, for just a little while tonight. I pray God will help me with the word of God. I want to preach on this thought. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God. I read Hebrews chapter number 11 and we know Hebrews chapter number 11 uh, to be a portion of scripture that we call uh, uh, the hall of faith. Uh, and many times when we read that chapter, those great Bible characters such as Abram, uh, Abraham and Enoch and Abel and Noah and other members of the hall of faith that are listed in those verses, uh, uh, many times we find ourselves haunted uh, uh, by our own failures and by our own weaknesses And we wonder, are we ever going to be attained to such a level? Are we ever going to be able to serve God in such a way? Are we ever going to be able to believe God in such a way that God can work in our life the way he did in Abraham's life? But may I say to you, when we have that mindset of the things that God intended to be for our encouragement and our instruction, end up becoming sources of discouragement and despair and we find ourselves believing that due to the faltering of our faith and the frailty of our flesh that we'll never measure up and God will never work in us and God will never work for us and God will never work through us the way he did in some of the greatest that walked across the pages of the word of God but may I say that is a wrong mindset if if you get anything I say tonight. I want to drive home this truth uh, that what God did in Abraham's life uh, was not because of who Abraham was, uh, but in spite of who Abraham was. Uh, Can I just go ahead and take this and pull the cover back and say, uh, you'll never live good enough. Uh, You'll never be clean enough. Uh, Your faith will never be strong enough uh, where you could garner or arrive uh, where you deserve the hand of God uh, to Work in your life, and the hand of God to provide. Uh, can I tell you, we are all unworthy. At our very best, we're gonna come short. Uh, but thanks be unto God. If we get anything from the hand of God, it will not be because we deserve. Uh, but honey, it's just like salvation. It'll be by an act of the grace of God. Happy day, happy day. Uh, when I realize there's nothing I can do uh, to make them love me anymore and there's nothing I can do uh, to make him love me any less. Uh, thank God, friend. Uh, we don't, I said this morning in chapel, uh, God doesn't use us because we're perfect. He uses us because he's perfect. He had never had to have somebody strong. He's never had to have somebody talented uh, because when God puts his hand uh, on an individual uh, to use them, he wants all the glory. And may I say, thank God. Uh, this is not a performance-based life. The grace of God. You study the Word of God in other passages. You find uh, with these Bible characters that are listed in Hebrews 11, you find that their failures are mentioned. But when you come to Hebrews 11, what a God. What a God. Amen, friend. What a God that doesn't mention their failures, but it magnifies their faith. Aren't you glad we've got a Lord that one day, thank God, we're going to stand before him and thank God it's going to be by the shed blood and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to stand there with his record, his imputed righteousness. What a God, what a God. On the other hand, We need to realize that faith does not make things easy. It just makes them possible. Amen. If you're thinking the Christian life is something that you've got into, or the ministry is something that you plan to get into, and it's going to be easy, you've made a bad mistake. But can I tell you what the world looks at and thinks it cannot be done? I'm here to tell you that by the grace of God, uh, through the promises of His Word uh, and the power of His Spirit, uh, uh, the things that look impossible can be done. Every one of us need to realize tonight uh, we are not here because of our great faith, but you and I are here because of his great faithfulness. Amen. I'm telling you, when we're unfaithful and we believe not, the Bible said that he abideth faithful. Amen. Aren't you glad for the faithfulness of the God of heaven that loves you and I? You make your way into the book of Genesis, Genesis 1 through 11. You, you hear these kind of terms, tongues. And you hear these kind of words, families and nations. Genesis 10, it's families, nations, and tongues. Families, nations, and tongues. Families, nations, and tongues. But when Abraham walks on the scene in Genesis 12, it's no longer about families, it's no longer about nations, and it's no longer about lands. All of a sudden, we're making a transition to one family and one land. Amen? All of a sudden, God has decided to reach down into the Word of God in the life of Abraham and pull him out. And from now on, it's going to be a message of the promised seed and the Land and the promised blessing. You say, why uh, was it gonna be so important about Abraham? Uh, because through the lineage of Abraham, uh, the Son of God was gonna arrive. Uh, we just celebrated the Christmas season. And thank God, one of the most the most, I believe, a uh, wonderful thing that's ever happened to this world uh, is that the God of heaven uh, took upon flesh and he wrapped his glory in flesh, and he came to die for you and I. Aren't you glad that he came? But because he loved you and I. Amen. I want to say to you, God called Abraham for the express purpose of being a channel that he could bring a blessing to the entire world. Not about Abraham, but it was who was coming through Abraham. Amen. But can I tell you, I want to talk to us tonight for just a minute about what Abraham did wrong, what Abraham did right, but what God did at the end. Aren't you glad? Man, I'm glad that God, when he looks at me, the old songwriter said, when he sees me, he sees the blood of the lamb. He sees me as worthy and not as I am. He views me in garments much whiter than snow. For the lamb of God is worthy and he washed me, this I know. I'm glad God looks at me with eyes of forgiveness and a heart full of love. And he realizes that I'm flesh and as much as he wants me to do right, when I have seasons of failure, and seasons when my faith falters. I'm glad he doesn't wash his hands of me, uh, but he just keeps forgiving, and he just keeps working, and he just keeps molding. And may I say tonight, you may be in a season where everything's going well, or on the other hand, you may be in a season where everything's going wrong, uh, but I just say, hold on. Uh, God will still work in your life if you'll let him. Turn your Bible to Genesis 12. I want to say first of all that Abraham thrived in his loving walk. Can I tell you, I find nothing, Brother Bertram can correct me, but I find nothing in these verses that would indicate to me that Abraham was anything special when the Lord called him. I I don't see where he's done anything that would have just garnered the attention of the Lord. Can I tell you, as you read the Word of God, uh, what you'll find is that just someday, uh, one day in somebody's life, uh, God will just show up out of nowhere and take them out of the dugout and put them in the starting lineup, amen? I mean, David was minding his own business on the backside of a Judean hillside uh, when the Lord showed up and sent him down to the front lines. And while he was down there checking on his brethren, God stirred his heart because there was an uncircumcised Philistine that was bringing reproach to the name of God. And what did the Lord do? The Lord let that little boy kill a giant. Amen. Noah was minding his own business living a godly life in the midst of a perverse and wicked world. But God needed a workman. God needed a preacher. God needed somebody faithful uh, that would preach to a wicked world uh, for 120 years uh, while he built a boat. Uh, Listen, Esther was minding her own business uh, when God called her to enter into a beauty contest. uh, And God let her save uh, the entire nation of Israel uh, off the front line. Uh, Gideon was minding his own business uh, when the Lord sent his angel uh, to call him into service. He reminded that angel that he was of the least of the tribe. And he was the least of the least of that tribe. But thank God, God used him anyway. Elisha was minding his own business, plowing those yoke of oxen when the men of God dropped the mantle on him and he put him in the fire front. He put him on the front lines of the Bible. I wonder who's sitting here tonight. and you're minding your own business. You didn't come looking for some great thing. But in the midst of this service, God might step out on the gable End of your spirit and your soul and put you on the front lines for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, Ruth was minding her own business when a Jewish family moved to town. Married one of them boys and then they all died. And then mom was going back to Bethlehem and she went with her and she is going to marry Boaz And God let her be the grandmother of King David. What about that? Glory to God. Amen. You go to Matthew 1, that lineage. That lineage in Matthew 1. All the lineages in the Old Testament, there's never a lady mentioned. But there's five in Matthew 1. Amen, friend glory to God. There's three men in that lineage that didn't bear anybody. You tell me how in the world you get in a lineage and you ain't bore anybody. I tell you the same way we got in the family of God. A grace, grace. A God's grace. A grace that is greater than all my sin. Aren't you glad for the grace of God in our life? He thrived in his loving, where did he thrive? He thrived in his promptness. Look at your Bible, Genesis 12. Genesis 12, four, he's called, and simply the Bible said, Abraham departed. I mean what? how simple is that he called and Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him on two occasions God called Abraham to take a trip in both cases he didn't know where the destination was when he departed on both occasions faith was on display and his Lord was his guide both of these events seem to be the bookends of the story of Abraham's journey with faith but every time he left, he stepped on faith, and God showed him that he could be trusted. Amen. Abraham was asked to part with his family in order to seek the blessing of the Lord. But when Genesis 22 rolled around, he said, take thy son, thine only son whom thou lovest. All of a sudden, that trial got ramped up. And can I tell you, your trials will increase, the weight of your trials will increase with the proportion of your faith but can I tell you uh, you'll find the exact same thing uh, that Abraham did uh, that you can trust him he's trustworthy and when you don't understand he can't be trusted Amen, Amen. His promptness in His separation notice what the Bible said he departed as the Lord spoke to him he left his family behind He didn't bargain, he didn't fuss, he didn't bow up. He said, Lord, if you wanna use me, I'll do exactly what you said, amen? I said before this morning, I said service is not about a position, service is about a posture. Service is about surrender. Service is about submission. It doesn't matter what title's hanging on the door. It doesn't matter what title's on the business card. If your heart is not submitted, if your spirit is not serving, a friend, you're not serving God. Amen. Amen. What about his consecration? Look at your Bible in verse five. Not only was he prompting his separation, but he was prompting his consecration. Notice what he did. He said it took all their substance. What about their confrontation? Look at verse six. The Bible said the Canaanite, the Canaanite was in the land. Does not the Word of God say there's a great and effectual door open to me? But it didn't say, but their many adversaries. It said, and their many adversaries. You better understand this. We may not be on the battlefield like David was cutting the head off a giant. We may not be on a battlefield with the Philistines and we might not be on a battlefield with the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and all the ites that lived in Canaan. But you better believe the powers of hell and the powers of darkness. When you set out to serve God, you might as well go ahead and plan. There will be opposition. There'll be opposition from without and there'll be opposition from within. It's amazing to me when people get saved. But their family had nothing to say while they were drunkards. But their families had nothing to say while they were gambling their paycheck away. But their families had nothing to say when their cupboards were bare and their children were hungry. But you let them get saved by the grace of God and pour the beer out and pour the liquor out and quit their gambling and their fornicating and start giving to the house of God and spending time serving the Lord. All of a sudden, they come out of the woodwork to oppose what God's doing. He was thriving in his promise, but then he was thriving in his priority. Look at verse 7. The first thing he did was he built an altar. Verse 8, he moved to another place, and the Bible said he was having Bethel on the west, and Hei on the east, and there he built an altar in the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Listen, Bethel means house of God. Ai, hey, that Hei means heap of ruins. Let me ask you something. Which one are you living closer to? Which one are you living closer to? Are you living closer to Bethel or are you living closer to Ai? I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be closer uh, to the Lord and his house uh, than a heap of ruins. Uh, I mean, Genesis 13, what did he do? He finally comes out of Egypt and the very first place he goes is back to the altar. Can I tell you, if you don't have an altar in your life, uh, if you don't have a time where you throw yourself uh, on the mercy of God uh, and you call on his name, uh, you are missing one of the greatest blessings Uh, you are missing one of the greatest conduits uh, that you can fellowship with the Lord Uh, he had a priority and it was the altar of God now I say this he obeyed God in the first four verses and then he built an altar where the Alvin obedience always comes before worship you all to write that down young person If you wanna worship God, you've gotta start by obeying Him. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. And sometimes that obeying costs you a little something. Sometimes you change dreams. But can I tell you, I could have never dreamed it this good. I, I never could have listened. I would have, you'd have asked me 30 years ago of what the Lord would allow me to be a part of. I'd give it up again. I'd do like Brother Dean Shook, Brother Bertram, you know Brother Dean. He used to sing that song, I'd do it all over again. I'd get saved again. I'd get right with God again. I'd get married in the will of God again. Again. I'd surrender to preach again. I'd give my life to God again. It's been a great trip. Amen. Amen. Yeah. What about his passion? He thrived in his passion Genesis 14. Lot got swept up in that battle between Shedler and the king of Sodom. They carried Lot away. What about that? The Bible said in verse number 14 that he armed his trained servants. What about the fact, Brother Everson, you're over here on my right. You and Brother Burson, y'all got these men, these young men in in this Bible college. What about that, he armed his trained men. He didn't wait to train them. When there was a fight, a battle to fight. He just armed them. They had already been trained. He just put something in their hand. And can I say what a, a what a ministry God's given you uh, uh, to train this next generation of servants of uh, this next generation of preachers uh, uh, to believe the Bible and to walk with God? Uh, I tell you, I wouldn't want anybody uh, uh, to teach my children or uh, they would cast doubt on the Bible. Aren't you glad if you're in the Bible college, uh, you've got me on that listen. Exalt the word of God in your life And exalt the Lord in your life You say what are they doing They are training you for the faith Genesis 14 What a picture A prophetic picture Abraham a type of Christ Lot a type of that remnant in the tribulation And what happened They got swept up And listen Lot had done wrong He had erred But when he got carried away Abraham risked it all. He came in verse 14 by night and fixed the picture of the tribulation. And what did he do? The Bible said he brought back all. Uh, Can I tell you there's soon coming a day uh, when the battle's going to be done. uh, The last shot's going to be fired. uh, The last victory's going to be won. uh, And we'll do like those kings did with Lot. Uh, We're going to come back to the Lord uh, just like they came back to Abraham. And this is what they said. He was the blessed possessor. Of heaven and earth, and God the Father had delivered them into his hand. Aren't you looking for that day? What about his refusal? The king of Sodom said, Here, let me, let me give you all this. And Abram said, I don't want a thread to a shoe latchet from you. He said, You're not going to say you made me rich. And what about that? Just verses later, the Lord said, Fear not, Abraham, for I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And can I tell you, you may be living between your refusal and the reward, but just hold on. If God made you the promise, you could go ahead and sign the back of the deposit ticket, but God will come through with what he said he would do. What about his praying? He thrived in his praying. Genesis 18 In our verses, you look at those verses, he's praying, the Lord's at the door of the tent. He starts with 50. Listen, he's praying for somebody who don't even really deserve it. All that Lot had done was caused him heartache, heartbreak, sorrow, and shame, and wrote reproach against his family. What about Abraham? Realized it wasn't about Abraham, but Lot needed to be delivered. He said, what about 50? What about 45? What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? Aren't you glad? Can I tell you, Lot's preservation out of Sodom can be directly connected to the intercession of Abraham on his behalf. Let me ask you something. Who is it in your life that God has you standing in the gap to make up the hedge? Who is it that you're praying off the judgment of God? Who is it that the Lord's letting you pray for that they can have another attempt? Another opportunity to be saved. I say, don't give up. I mean, Abraham saved him by his sword, and now he's saved him by his supplication. I say, pray on. I say, serve on. I say, battle on. Oh, God, we'll let you make a difference. He's thriving in his love and walk, but then we say, secondly, he survived his lingering weaknesses. Boy, well, don't you, I'm glad the sermon does not end after point number one, because I don't know that I can live up to all that. His promptness, his passion, are you? I don't know that I can live up to that, but I'm glad the Lord doesn't just tell one side of the story. But I'm glad that we've got an honest Bible. Where he lets the greatest of the, he lets us peek into the lives of the greatest of the greats, not when they're doing their best, but when they're doing their worst. I told you before, God didn't just do for Abraham what he did for Abraham because of who he was. He did the work of God in Abraham's life in spite of who he was. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? Let's look at our Bible. Look at verse 10 of Genesis 12. He survived the lingering weakness of his altered direction. God had called him out. Done wonderful things in his life. And all of a sudden, at the first sign of a negative circumstance, he changes direction. How many times do we live in our Christian life, the first time, the first bit of opposition, The first bit of criticism. The first time our family does not understand the life that we now live by the grace of God. What do we do? We change our direction. Can I tell you something? We need to understand this. Hey, Egypt was the wrong direction. And when we cease to walk by faith, understand this, your flesh will take control of your life. Abraham chose Egypt because all he could see was the prosperity of Egypt. He could not see the consequences. Of his choice. Can I say this to you? The problem is not necessarily reaching the wrong destination as much as it is starting down the wrong path. You don't ever have to worry about getting down to the wrong destination if you never get on the wrong path to begin with. Amen. Understand this. Uh, Listen, Christian that's been saved for a while, you young people that want to give your life to the ministry, may I say this to you, something you better understand. uh, uh, There was famine in the path of obedience. uh, uh, There was famine after great faith. uh, And there was famine after obedience. uh, uh, Just because you obey God, uh, uh, just because you exercise faith in your service, uh, does not mean there will not be lean days. The kicker is this, you don't change direction. You don't drop your colors. You don't quit. You don't go back. Amen? I mean, according to, according to Galatians 4, Sarah is a type of the covenant of the grace of God. And may I say, when they got down to Egypt, and they, the world, Egypt being a type of the world, when Egypt realized they could not partake of the grace of God on their own terms, what did they do? They shoot her away. Are you listening to me? The problem with going to Egypt is not just necessarily them going to Egypt, it's what they brought out of Egypt. The baggage they brought back. See, Lot got a taste of the world in Egypt. They got wealthy in Egypt, and it caused Abraham and Lot to have to divide and separate. And then guess who joined the family in Egypt? Hagar. Oh my, are you listening? See, there was altered direction. Then he had a weakness of apparent doubt. Look at your Bible, Genesis 15, verse 1. It said, Fear not Abram. Now we understand, men, God doesn't speak words just to be speaking words and filling space and filling time. So that would indicate to me if he said, Fear not Abram, that would indicate to me there was fear in Abram's heart not faith. Amen? Amen. What about a man? Boy, Abram wished that Hebrews 11 was the only chapter of his story. But God didn't just tell the good. He told the good, the bad, and the ugly too. And what about, don't you, when you and I read Hebrews 11, we wonder if we could ever believe God like that. But young man, when we read Genesis 15, boys, we feel like, hey, man, that's where I'm living. I may not live in Hebrews 11, but I've sure lived in Genesis 15:1. What about that? That a man who had fear, the man that looked at him and said, Lord, is Eliezer, is he going to be my heir? He said, I have no children. He said, Lord, how am I going to know you're going to do this? That's the same man that's in Hebrews 11 in the hall of faith. Are you listening to me? Listen, men want assurance beyond what God has said. And all God wants men to be is assured of what he said. Amen. Amen. Listen, there was apparent doubt. But then in Genesis 12, Genesis 16, and Genesis 20, Abraham made some arrogant decisions. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? He made decisions about his direction in his life without consulting the Lord. He went to Egypt, never prayed. He took Hagar, Eon, and bore Ishmael. He went back to Abimelech. Not in either one of those occasions did he ask the Lord. You better believe we're about to make a mistake when we cut God out of the directional decisions of our life. Those are arrogant decisions. Can I say, and I believe? I believe these men of God would agree with me, The mistake made in Genesis 16 was the darkest blot in Abraham's life. But not only was it the darkest blot in Abraham's life, in the Word of God, it was the greatest mistake outside of Adam falling and casting the whole man's race into sin. Genesis 16, there's been more bloodshed. More bloodshed because of that mistake. I mean, from the Israelites prior to Muhammad and from Muhammad on down, there's been more bloodshed because of that one mistake. But how long suffered a God that we've got that could take someone who made that kind of mistake? And don't, you might as well put your halo up because you probably would have made the same decision he made. What about a God that a man could make that grievous of a mistake? I mean, man, we've seen that in our own lifetime in 9 11. Hello? We've seen that bloodshed. But what about a God who is rich in mercy and who's rich in love that'll take somebody that that made that much of a grievous error and stick him in one of the greatest lists of the greatest Christians in the Word of God? He goes down there to Abimelech, didn't learn a lesson from lying in Egypt, and he lies to Abimelech. Told him that Sarah was his sister. Probably not a greater chapter in the Word of God to differentiate between a believer's standing and a believer's state. You say, why? Because Abimelech was active with integrity and honesty. But the Lord told him he was a dead man. And he told, here, Moses, I mean, here, Abram is lying, and God told he, God told Abimelech that, that he was a prophet. You say, what's that about? That's about his standing. Abimelech was a dead man because of his relationship to God. And Abram was a prophet because of his relationship to God. Can I tell you, if you're a dead man, all your good works cannot do anything to make you alive. And if you're alive, all your bad works can't make you dead. I say praise God, friend. Aren't you glad that the hour you got born again, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do to change your standing. Now, Abram's state was that he had to be rebuked by an unbeliever, but his standing was he was a prophet. That's rightly divided. Amen? And I believe we ought to live clean. I believe we ought to live holy. I believe we ought to live separated from the world. But can I tell you something? When all that's said and done, our standing rests in Christ and in Christ alone. Amen. Are you listening? Oh, my. His arrogant decision. Come on back to the piano. My brother, where he's helped us. There he comes. Boy, he does a great job on that piano. Not only do we see that he survived his lingering weakness, and I'm about done, thrived his loving walk, but I want you to look at two, two verses of Scripture. He was revived by the Lord's Word. Look at Genesis 17, here we are on the brink. You can play on when you get ready. Brother Alvin, you get ready to sing here in a minute. I mean, I just told you that Genesis 16 is the darkest blot, the darkest failure in Abram's life. Would everybody agree? He took Hagar, he didn't wait on the Lord and we're still we're still seeing the results of that decision. Now look what he did in Genesis 17. Oh my. When Abram was 99, 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram. Mm. You'd have thought the Lord would have stiff-armed him. you think the Lord would have kept him in the distance. But right after his greatest mistake, he just came right back. He just came, boy, that old song when you say he didn't throw the clay away. Oh, I'm glad he didn't throw me in the potter's field, broken, I'm glad Jeremiah 18, he's put us back on the potter's wheel. Had he made it over again, it seemed good to the potter. I say, happy day, happy day. Oh, that I realized that the greatest part to me, one of the greatest attributes of Christ is the long suffering he has for me as his child. You say, preacher, I'm not in that thriving mode. I'm in that surviving mode. What do I do? Well, why don't you do like Job did? It'd been a while since he had heard from the Lord. So he just went over and sat in the ashes. He went back over there to the last place he had heard from him and he sat down and he said, surely he'll be along shortly. Surely he'll be by. He'll be by to say something else to me. I say, young person, you may have made a mistake and you may have to bear the consequences of that mistake. But if you're a child of God, you can rest in the fact He'll be along again to fellowship with you, speak to you, mold you, and make you. Look at Genesis 18. What He did, He came. Look what he said in our text. I've been getting back to verse 10, verse 14. He said, I tell you what I'm going to do. After that grave error, after that grave mistake when your faith failed, I tell you what I'm going to do. At the right time, I'll be back. And I'm going to touch Sarah, and she's going to bear thee a son. My. That'd have been you and I. I'm so glad we're not God because we'd have thrown Abram away. We'd have thrown Sarah away. The Lord just came back and said, tell you what I'm gonna do. At the right time, I'll be back and I'm gonna do what I told you I would do. And maybe you're in the thriving season, and I say, praise God. Maybe you're in the surviving season, and I say, hold on. But either way, he's faithful. Either way, he'll be by. Can I tell you something? Most of us that walk with him, and even some that are near, new, you don't struggle with a hundred things. You struggle with five or 10 over and over and over again. And boy, if I was the Lord, I'd get real frustrated with me, because it's like the little song we sang as children, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer, and it's this kind of mindset, Lord, I did it again. I didn't control my tongue. I didn't control my temper. Hello, anybody like that? Anything God's ever done in my life, He's done in spite of me. If there's anything that we can learn from the greats of the Word of God is that their battle with the flesh never goes away.